Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> Knows a hefty chunky big boy. <laughs> Everyone knows. I'm a hefty chunky big boy. <laughs> oh fuck! I almost said speaking of hefty chunky big boys, but well, speaking of hefty chunky big boys that everybody knows and everybody knows, everybody knows Halloween. Everybody knows Halloween. Mm-hmm. It is a hefty, hefty. <laughs> it is a hefty chunky big boy of a movie. Hefty. It's a hefty movie. <laughs> Considering it's got like what eight movies now or nine. Oh yeah. So it's a hefty, chonky, big boy that everyone knows of a series. Yes, absolutely. We did it. God, we're getting really good at this. <laughs> Segways are kind of my thing, so. Piece of cake. <laughs> Fuck, I need my notes. <laughs> <sighs> okay. We're gonna cut that out. Uh-huh. We're doing Halloween. Well, oiled machine. Well, oiled machine. <laughs> <sighs> 1978. Yes, the original, because... Because where else would know, we start? Where else? The last one. We're gonna work well, our way back. Yeah, it's uh, spooky month, so we need to be spooked by the classics instead of by the horror that is sequels. Yeah, which I've heard some of them are quite good. So yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be mm-hmm. angry yet. Considering this is the first time I've seen Halloween, I especially can't be angry. Because, yeah, I also feel like people are gonna hate me when I do say that. There are a lot of classic movies I haven't seen, not because I don't like them, but simply because. There are a lot of movies. I have ADHD, so object permanence. If, if I'm not looking at it... It doesn't exist. That movie doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but, so, it's okay to not see certain movies. I know, but people get so upset mm. when you're like, I haven't seen Halloween. They're like, oh, ugh. It's that gatekeeping shit. Yeah. And they're like, it's like, you, oh, you're, you're not really like horror. horror. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, name eight horror movies. And I'm like, <laughs> Twilight, Twilight 2. <laughs> name the director's wife and why was she pretty? <laughs> Because she had a ponytail and then she took it down and she uh-huh. took her glasses off. Yep. I'm just mixing my favorite tropes. <sighs> Speaking of Halloween, 1978, let's go. <laughs> it was directed and scored by John Carpenter. E. I didn't know that he also scored movies. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's, he's done it on multiple movies. It wasn't just this. Yeah, and he actually had like a credits gag for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Oh. So he put like the Bowling Green Symphony Orchestra or whatever because he went to Bowling Green. <laughs> so it's him. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> Um, I just put the ones that he's like his movies that he's like really well known for he's obviously done a ton more than this Mm -hmm. but he's done Halloween I believe he's also done more in the franchise I'm just not positive which ones but I know that there's other ones Um, he's also done The Fog Escape from New York The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China oh which I love Big Trouble yeah (laughs) hot damn okay yeah so he's done a lot of really awesome movies and there were other ones on the list that I knew but I was like if I keep writing them down I'll just keep writing them down this is the episode we list his IMDB profile right so I was like I'll just stop with the ones I know Um, but the movie was actually co-written by Deborah Hill um, and they have worked together a lot because she also co-wrote The Fog Escape from New York and Halloween 2 uh, I don't think he directed Halloween 2, but he did co-write, like, the screenplay with okay. her. So um, that's all the info I had on her. It seems like she just works with John Carpenter specifically, like, a lot. 
And as I did my notes, it seems like John Carpenter worked with a lot of people consistently. Mm -hmm. So that was neat. It seems like once he found a team he liked, he was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And people like him too, because Jamie Lee Curtis mentioned like how he was the first director to like call her after her first night saying like, hey, today went really well. Like, I hope you're doing good. Like, yeah. Oh, well, that's lovely to hear. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that note, but I did have notes about his cool work. We'll get to it. Yeah. he's, He's neat. Um, the cinematography was Dean Raymond Cun- Cundy. It was, yeah, I'm not sure. Again, I'm really bad at names, but Dean Raymond Cundy. Uh, he was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Cinematography for Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, which, I mean, that's dope as hell. Uh, he also did The Fog, Escape from New York, and Halloween 2, and The Thing, and Back to the Future, and Big Trouble in Little China. Wow, is that So okay. it seems like he works once John Carpenter is like, I like your work. <laughs> you sticking around. Oh, yeah. So that was dope. Um, <clears throat> now I have facts about the filming. Oh, wait, budget. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you'll really like this one. The budget was 325000 Oh, okay, Very yeah. budget. Very small budget, yes. It was, yeah, I have facts about how small this budget was. Um, but do you know how much it made? This would be like, I think for the whole time it ran. Not just like a first weekend, but the whole time that it was like in theaters and stuff. Do you know how much it made? $100 million. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that far up. It was 60 to 70 million. Oh, I got well, two answers. So, okay. So, it, you know, it did quite well. Considering mm-hmm. its budget, uh, I think we're good. Two billion. <laughs> two billion. <laughs> um, okay. So, now facts about the filming. Mm-hmm. So, the mask was actually based on a Captain Kirk mask from a Halloween store. Uh, they painted it white, widened the eyes, and they modified the hair. It was purchased for $1.98 hmm? at the costume shop. And um, back in my day, I held both ways. <laughs> I had to walk uphill both ways to buy my Captain Kirk mask. I'm just thinking about like the currency and the inflation. And I was like, we paid a nickel for gasoline. How much would a Captain Kirk mask be these days? Oh, like $15 like, at least. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because, you know. They had it good back then. Yeah, they did. Mm. Uh, But yeah, so it was a really small budget. They bought that mask. Many of the actors just wore their own clothes. Mm. Uh, it was filmed in 20 days. Oh, damn. Over the span of four weeks. So they had four weeks to finish like the whole thing, but then 20 days uh, is how, how long it took to film. Mm. Also, they talked about the mask and they said they're really glad that they painted it white because even with widening the eyes and everything, they were worried it looked too much like William Shatner. And they were like, we didn't want people to see this movie. And then kids being terrified and opening their closets and checking it for William Shatner. Oh my and being God. like, make sure he's not in there. <laughs> Mom, I feel Shatner overacting in my room. He's under <laughs> he's my here. bed. So I read that and I was like, that's fucking hilarious that they were just like, check it for William Shatner. Uh, yeah, so that that's great. Um, also, they filmed in the spring, so it was really hard to find pumpkins. And also they had to just use like fake leaves and just keep reusing them mm-hmm. for different shots. Yeah, <laughs> I love to picture there's just one stage and he's just like, all right, where do, I, where do the leaves go? Like... <laughs> Just yep. sprinkling them around. Because they filmed in California in yeah. the spring and they needed uh, Midwest colorful autumn trees. And yeah. so you see these beautiful green trees and then yep. just hand painted leaves scattered on the ground. Not only that, but they were like doing their best to avoid palm trees. But there are a few shots where you can just see them in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice, but I read that. And I was like, oh, I mean, they did a good job because for me, I didn't notice that it was in California. I was just like, cool. This looks like a beautiful Midwest town. <laughs> If I had just looked a little closer, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Okay. So uh, since the film was shot out of sequence, Carpenter had a scare meter to help 
actors know how scared to be within a scene. Oh. It's probably specifically more Jamie Lee Curtis because yeah. she encountered him more. But um, they basically had a scale of one to ten. And it would be like, okay, how scared should I be when I see him in this scene? And he'd be mm. like, oh, like a six. And then okay. she had a specific um, volume of scream and oh. like how scared to look based on the number. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's dope as hell. Yeah. He was just like, okay, uh, you're going to be a 10 in this one, okay? And then the next shot, they'd be like, eh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so super weird. I, I've always wondered what it's like to shoot out of sequence like that. Yeah. And that was really interesting. Um, also, the scene where Michael inspects Bob's corpse in this movie uh, he was told to examine it as if he were looking at a butterfly collection. Ah, so the head tilts are for yes. the butterflies. Yes. It, Cause like most of the, um, direction he got was like, don't act. I want you to just walk from point A to point B and do nothing. So that was one of the only scenes where he had actual direction and he just said, look at it. Like it's a butterfly collection. And I was, uh, I don't know. It creeps me out more. I don't know why, <laughs> but I like that scene a lot. Yeah. Um, I think yeah that's all i had i had the butterfly collection and then my next fact was about william shatner but i i couldn't save it because i just thought it was too funny mm-hmm. yep yep no <laughs> i, I had get to it. just say it um but those are my facts nice so fun yeah oh no i was looking at you like oh you're still smiling too much <laughs> i practiced this one and then i forgot it okay child murderer goes Breaks... No, hold on. Hold on. I can do this. (laughs) A child murderer breaks out of a hospital and goes back to a tiny town to finish what he started. Oh, that's gorgeous. You did it! That's beautiful. (laughs) That was so much better than my other ones. That was... Yes, yes, yes. 10 out of 10. Nothing but net, Solomon. (laughs) That's what they call her. That's what they call her. (laughs) Okay, now do a real one and embarrass me. Rotten Tomatoes says... On a cold Halloween night in 1963, uh-huh, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. True. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years, but on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. I mean... You know, yeah. it was pretty good, but it's no, it's um, no, it's no nothing started. but Ned Solomon. <laughs> it's no nothing but Ned Solomon. Yeah, which no one else can, no one else can see, but I am doing the yeah. motion of yeah. nothing but Ned every time. Uh-huh. So, it's <laughs> yeah. All right, that's actually really good. I almost feel like sometimes when they give the like, like synopsis, not it's not synopsis. Like it's just like summary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I give too much information. Yeah. So, like, find a middle ground between me and that one. And it's like, I think I'm just jaded now because I heard the one for Scream and it was so good. Yeah, that one was amazing. Just woke up screaming. I think mm. about that all the time now. And I'm like, oh my God, it was so good. Yep. God, that was great. Okay. I'm really excited. Are you? Yeah, because we talked about last episode. And you were like, we'll talk about that later. And I've been thinking about it the whole really? time. Yeah, I was watching this one. I was like, oh, Kate's going to talk about it. And oh, like. Okay, well, let's get yeah, to it. I've been pumped. Okay. Okay. So obviously I'm going to continue. Blah, blah, blah. But I do want to clarify something first. Mm-hmm. So uh, I threw around this phrase a few times last episode. And I wanted to be clear about what I mean when I say it. Mm-hmm. The purity myth. Yeah. Uh, so first off, it is the title of a book by Jessica Valenti, hmm. uh, published in, oh no, 2009 or 2011. I was like, published in blank. The confidence. <laughs> <laughs> published it? No. So Valenti points out the ways that society tells people with vaginas that their purity is the most important determinant of their worth. 
And when you have sex, you are less valuable and desirable because you're no longer pure. It's like the hymen being whole is the most important thing. Not even looking oh into the fact that like that's also grossly it's misunderstood not, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. horseback riding. That's all I have to say. So <laughs> she also points out this is a double standard. So within the general binaristic understanding, men can be studs, but women are sluts. Mm-hmm. Valenti also points out how cisnormative and heteronormative the concept of virginity is. Yeah. Like I used to ask my students, I would, it was just like asking them questions to get them to think about things. So I was like, okay, well, what's sex? Mm-hmm. Like do the hand motion. And they all did like the finger and the whole oh. thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't, were you doing the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is an audio medium. <laughs> no one needs to know what I did. It's nope. fine. <laughs> DM me later. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, they all did like the mm-hmm. motion. And I was like, okay, well, are cisgender lesbians lifelong virgins? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they'd laugh. And I was like, okay, well, then what do we consider sex? Like, why does sex have to be penis and vagina? Which right. is a lot of sex educators say like PIV to talk about like the binaristic yeah, way that we approach sex. Uh, and then like, why is the penis the determining factor in what we consider real sex? Why mm-hmm. does it have to be involved? And how is that tied up in history, gender norms, and politics? I could talk about that for basically forever. I'm not going to, but I could. So the TLDR of the purity myth is that we tell people with vaginas that they have to stay pure. Otherwise, they're a chewed piece of gum or use tape or whatever the fuck they're using it now. You've heard the abstinence only like analogies and shit. Yeah. But basically, uh, a lot of social weight of this does go back to like the old days where women weren't supposed to have sex before marriage because otherwise the husband would have no way of knowing if the child was actually his own. And then there's like the whole ownership of the wife thing. Like it's Ugh. it's great. It's really great. <laughs> but basically societies have created laws, reinforced norms, and told stories about how important virginity is. And we can see that reflected in our media across centuries. Oh, yeah. And I would talk to my students about movies as cultural artifacts because you can hold them up and turn them over in your hands metaphorically and ask questions about the conditions it was created under. Yeah. So if we understand Halloween as a cultural artifact, we can see that even if Carpenter was not intending to create a statement about yeah. women's liberation or lack thereof, we can see the clear influence or reflection of cultural norms surrounding sex at the time. Yeah. And he does have like an interesting thing to say. He's like, okay, like I'm not making a moral statement. And then he kind of goes off the rails and it's really funny. Oh God. I'll get back to that later. I can't wait. But now going back to the theory of horror films, because yeah. I feel like that was important to kind of like. Yeah. 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 That was important too. That was important too. That was important too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so last week I talked about Carol Glover. This week we're talking about Vera Dika. And while Glover covered films in the 70s and 80s, Dika was focused exclusively on 78 to 81. Oh, cool. She also considered Halloween to be the first slasher film, unlike other folks that give that honor to Texas Chainsaw Massacre or sometimes Black Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's also like a question of if there was even one before Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but there's just a lot of disagreement and there's it's an so imperfect many movies. Film. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, that's hard. Like- but if you're looking at the first commercially uh, successful yeah. and well known and like one that set the standard for other movies, then I could see. Yeah. yeah. Another major difference between Glover and Dika is that Glover was focused on narrative elements. You have like the killer, the final girl, the victims, the weapon, the place. And Dika created a temporal structure. Vera Dika divides this uh, analysis into two sections, the past event and the present event. The past event is usually focused on trauma inflicted upon or by the killer and is composed of four actions. Mm -hmm. Direct quote. The member of a young community, nope, the members of a young community are guilty of a wrongful action. The killer sees an injury, fault, or death. The killer experiences a loss. 
the killer kills the guilty members of the young community. Wow. So if we're mapping Halloween onto this, the members of the young community are Judith and her boyfriend. Right. And the fault that they do is have sex have because sex. how dare they? Uh, the killer experience is a loss. This one is more amorphous, and some could say it's like loss of innocence from like seeing that happen. Yeah. I'm not inclined to read it that way, no. but we'll get to that in a sec. And then the killer kills the guilty members. He murders his sister right. because yeah. she said, obviously. Ugh. Regardless of the details and nuances, the opening sequence showing the past event always depicts the killing of a woman and or shows images of her mutilated body. Yeah. So we do get that very tit forward shot of her being stabbed. They really go in. Tits they do. first in this movie. Don't very they? tits first, yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the second part of the outline is the present event. Mm-hmm. So this is the modern day element. And when we see the killer come back to keep punishing the guilty parties or proxies for them, mm-hmm. those symbolic stand-ins. Right. The killer racks up a body count while pursuing the supposed guilty parties and one final girl survives. Dika notes that while she, quote, prevails over the killer, she is not free. And there are 11 actions that Whoa. comprise the present event. Yeah. Yeah, Dika goes, like, really specific. Uh, and I think it's interesting because Dika's um, – analysis like her frame time frame yeah. is only like three or four years it's 78 to 81 oh okay. so it's a very narrow window yeah. but there was like a core of slasher films oh, in that time sure period was, yeah so even though it's a narrow window there's still plenty to analyze it's a, it's a beefy window it is a beefy window indeed yeah. yes so 11 actions an event commemorates the past action it's halloween again yeah the killer's destructive impulse is reactivated well cool. yep uh, a seer warns the young community. That would be Dr. The Loomis. Doctor, yeah. Is it Loomis? I'm not sure. Yeah. You asking the worst person eh. for names. Potatum? Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Loomis. Mm. Dr. Samuel Loomis. Um, which is funny because the actor that plays him was mm. uh, listed before the title of the movie. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. So it was like... Samuel Lewis stars in John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, so going back to the elements. So he could be the seer because he is the one that knows more about this. He's the one that's trying to warn them. Yeah. Uh, A young community takes no heed. The kids are mostly not even aware of it. and That's if, true. They don't even really know. No. And they're also heedless because they're like running around wearing oversized shirts and, you know, knee-high stockings <laughs> right. and clogs. So... <laughs> A killer stalks the young community. I don't yep. need to explain that. The killer kills members of the young community. I think we saw that. Yeah, I think so. The heroine sees the murders. That's when she finds all of her friends. Oh, like, yeah, okay. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. All at once. Yeah, they really just go for it. Oh, yeah, they do. And I, I really do love how she skipped over, this can't be real. This is a joke. And she's yep. like, nope, this is real. I'm done. It's, I respect it. I'm excited. I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the heroine sees the killer. The heroine does battle with her killer. Mm-hmm. The heroine subdues the killer. The heroine survives but is not free. Yep. So that's Dika's structure of a slasher film. And it's not always followed to the letter, but this guide captures the similarities among slashers of her chosen period. Mm -hmm. And when we look at this with Glover's analysis, we see again how the mechanics and tropes of the classic slasher movie were influenced by the period, by the 70s, by the 80s. The young community is guilty of drinking underage, using drugs, having premarital sex, so they're punished. And to be clear, I'm not saying that in the popular imagination, even at the time, that Michael was seen as justified. He was not the character that the audience identifies with as rightfully punishing I these children. Not. No. But the fact that this one audience member go going, go for him. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy's good for her. Thing. <laughs> good for her. 
But the fact that these actions are presented as ways of transgressing is mm-hmm. telling. So like what actions would we consider, quote, sinful? Uh, they may be normal and accepted within that young community, but society at large is uncomfortable with it. Yeah. So it's like, what do you even imagine to be a behavior that could be read as transgressive? And that's telling. So to me, this is a really striking and clear example of how a horror film can be a window into the anxieties of a time period. Yeah. Not just like, we're working through this fear of the other, so we're going to make movies about aliens. But also, <laughs> these are things that we consider normal. These are things that make us prickly. With Halloween, as a number of other classic horror films, there wasn't a political intention or message. Yeah. He just wanted to make a scary fucking movie. But you can still see noodles all over my ankles. And yeah, it's so noodles. good. Hi, baby. He's being all weird today. Hi, bud. Uh, but you can still see societal issues so clearly in it. Yeah. Lori was the most developed and sympathetic final go- girl horror had seen. Goyle. That Goyle. <laughs> Goyle. <laughs> but she was still that classical period final girl that survived not only because she was quick-witted, but because she was still pure. Yeah. She doesn't have sex in the movie. She barely smokes. She can't hang. She just keeps she, coughing. I know. After. I love that part where she's like, well, stop coughing, my dad. And she's like. <laughs> 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 I get it. It's like, these young lungs? No. These young lungs. (laughs) These lungs will never be the same. (laughs) And this is now Nerd Corner veering off the path of the final girl. But there are also other interesting readings of, like, Mm -hmm. how this was um, reflective of the time or of tensions or of just critiques. Yeah. Um, And it also looks at other slashers that have the same setting. So as mentioned, Glover talks about the horrible place being important. Like it has to be this place where they're isolated or it's unnerving in some way. Yeah. Like a cabin in the woods or a ranch in the middle of nowhere, Texas. But what about slashers that are set in the suburbs? What is that saying about terror? And what is it saying about us? So I don't think Carpenter intended to make it a societal critique of white flight from the cities to the suburbs. But there are folks that read that into these movies. Yeah. So Pat Gill, for example, said in the Monstrous Years teen slasher films and families that slashers set in suburbs, quote, seem to mock white flight to gated communities, in particular the attempts of parents, in particular the attempts of parents to shield their children from the dangerous influences represented by the city. And so to me, that's a really fascinating way of like critiquing whiteness because yeah. the creation of the suburbs is very much the story of white people potentially having neighbors that are black families and being like oh no no i can't have this happen God. and leaving and taking money out of those communities right so i don't think carpenter was like i'm really gonna get them good with this one <laughs> but i think that it's interesting to like read into it that way because stereotypically suburbs are seen as like a safe place for good families and the subtext of that is good white families right and what does it mean when we set a murderer from the suburbs loose in the suburbs there are a number of tropes used in halloween like apathetic citizens and every town america that would point to this being a critique of the suburbs and by extension the families that live in them and the way that they became suburbs so this is a quote wholesome community where people leave their windows open neighbors watch your kids etc but then when laurie bangs on the door of a neighbor begging for help they turn the porch light on look at her and then turn the porch light off shitty her panic was seen and willfully ignored by someone that supposedly should have seen her as a community member and there was uh, a really interesting take. The article is called um, uh, original. Well, okay. So this is the Cleveland Review of Books, a regionally focused journal of criticism. <laughs> I love the specificity. Truly, it is. <laughs> uh, Death and decay in the suburban Midwest on John Carpenter's Halloween, oh. and um, this part. 
Haddonfield exhibits the extreme ability of suburban construction to center the nuclear family and the fortress-like home over any sort of community based on interalliance, as residents turn a blind eye to the brutal deaths of their neighbors. And I was like, shit. God damn. <laughs> yeah, because most people, like, when you think about a suburb, they're like, oh, we're a community. But then how well do it's you... It's a community until Until they need something like, from you. Yeah. Until it puts you in danger. Oh but, God. yeah. So there's a lot to talk about. Like, classism, racism, there's a lot there. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, so her panic scene willfully ignored someone that was in the community. And that could be read as the standard, like, adults are useless trope where right. teenagers and children are on their own and have to face down the horrors of the world without interference. Yeah. But the person that does help in the end is an adult, Dr. Right. Loomis, who is not a member of their community. So an outsider came in and saved her. Mm-hmm. So I think it's intriguing to follow these readings without assigning intention to the director. Right. Because maybe a director is like, man, if it can happen in the suburbs, it can happen anywhere. And we're sitting here like, oh, how foolish you were, mortal, to think a suburb would protect you from humanity. So anyway, I'm not saying like, this is what Carpenter was doing secretly, subversively. No, I just think it's fun to read those things onto it and see how we can engage with it over time. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'll certainly dig into that more later. But for now, that's society. Okay. Wait. I want to know the weird unhinged thing that John Carpenter said. Oh my God. Okay. 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 That's fair. So... It has been suggested that I was making some kind of moral statement. Believe me, I'm not. In Halloween, I view the characters as simply normal teenagers. In another interview, Carpenter said that readings of the film as a morality play completely missed the point. He said, The one girl who is the most sexually uptight just keeps stabbing this guy with a long knife. She's the most sexually frustrated. She's the one that killed him. Not because she's a virgin, but because all that sexually repressed energy starts coming out. She uses all those phallic symbols on the guy. frustration that she was like i gotta stab him <laughs> yeah. she's like i gotta get boned stab i gotta have sex <laughs> come here <laughs> i can't i'm <laughs> just picturing someone in the closet just ready to stab and she's like man if i had sex i would so not do this but uh-huh. honestly like yeah. i could <laughs> i could oh my god that's so good Okay, that was worth it. Thank so you know you. why I took that out of Nerd Queen? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That was so good. You were like, I'll get back to it. I was like, you better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great Nerd Corner. Thank you. I was looking forward to that one. Just because yeah. every time you do ones that are like, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> every time I do that, I'm like, dear God, I hope it's not disappointing the next week. <laughs> no, I'm always excited and okay. love it. Yay. Um, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I think specifically because, one, it's a classic that I had never mm. seen. So anytime we do that, I'm excited. Like, we had never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, ah, I'm excited to watch this one. Yeah. And I think the reason I specifically avoid those movies mm-hmm. is because I don't like slashers that much. Yeah. Not because they're, like, gory or I don't like them. I, I think just because I anticipate that they'll be kind of boring. Yeah. And then they never really are. Yeah. Like, they're usually pretty good. I don't know what in my brain is like, you won't like this. But I did like it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really well done because it wasn't what I anticipated at all. Mm-hmm. I was really picturing just a cliche kind of slasher film. And then the minute it started, I was wrong. Because it starts... So I read this in the notes. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why I liked it so much is that um, steady cams were mm. just now getting like popular. And that's what they used to shoot most of the movie to get those like really steady shots. Mm-hmm. And I think if they hadn't done that, it wouldn't be as good. 
but it felt like the whole time that you were someone and not like you were someone in the movie because of the steady cam and it creeped me out. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I liked it so, so much. Um, well, by the way, we're talking about horror now. Um, oh, yeah. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked it so much because um, it starts with the POV shot, you know, of someone. Mm-hmm. They don't really tell you who. And, you, and it's just watching this house and you have like no idea if this is someone threatening or if this is just going to end up being a misdirect where it ends up being someone who lives there or whatever. Um, so the whole time I was watching and I didn't know what was going to happen, I was just like, who, who is this? What's, what's going on? Why, why are they watching this? Like, And then it creeped me out so much when he reaches and you can finally see his hand. And I was like, that's a pretty little hand. And then he kills, you know, tits first, kills this girl. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's creepy. And then they take his mask off and it's a little kid. Oh, that creeped me out so bad. Mm-hmm. So hats off to everyone who made this movie by keeping that a secret because it made it so much worse. Yeah. The little hand. Oh, his little, you know how I feel about kids in horror movies. Yeah. I was not happy. I saw that little hand. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's a kid. <laughs> um. So that was just super cool. And they do that throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah, you see it like from behind his little mask and just that was creepy. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, eyes. It's like eyes that are slightly obscured by mm-hmm. something. Ugh. <laughs> um, okay, I have real notes. I didn't take a ton just because I was like... Transfixed? Yeah, I was really into it, I think, because I didn't want to miss anything. Um, I must have missed the part where she knocked on the neighbor's door, though, because I didn't remember that. I must have been taking a note. It's after she finds all the dead bodies and okay. she's running from the other person's house. Mm-hmm. And she's, I think she's like seen Michael and she got knocked over the railing. She hurt her leg. So she's stumbling oh, a lot. Okay. And she goes to a neighbor's house and she starts banging on the door, screaming for help. Jeez. They turn on the porch light. You see the window open a little bit and she's like screaming, help me, help me. And then the shades are drawn again. They turn oh off the porch. God. I am bummed. I missed that part. I must have been like it's writing chilling. something down or doing something because I don't remember that. But that's so upsetting. If I'd mm-hmm. seen that, that may have been my scariest moment. Jeez. Um. So I started off the movie. I just said I really like this ominous, spooky pumpkin in the beginning. I like that it like slowly zooms in. Mm-hmm. I like a nice fucking over the top entrance and like like alien like the way they did that. I love yes. that shit. Sometimes it's over the top. Sometimes it's just right. <laughs> so I, I loved it. Um, I said I love the shaky POV cam. I liked that it was kind of shaky, even mm-hmm. though, you know, they were using steady cams. It was still a little to the, give yeah. you that. The thing they really? did at the beginning had like this special quality where it did go kind of side to yeah. side to mimic walking. And it was really unique for the time. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And they used it, you know, like not just in, on people, but they did it in like cars. And it was really cool. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. But it started off strong just because I was I was not expecting it to be as, I don't want to say pretty, but it kind of was. Like, the shots were so intriguing that it just pulled me in right away. Um, I And then I also, I wasn't sure if this was a one tracking shot, if this was a one-take tracking shot or not. But when he is, um like, the POV shot is looking through the windows and then walking back. And that's so, if it is a one shot, that's impressive as hell. Oh, yeah. Because not only do they have to coordinate where he's looking and where he's walking, but they have to coordinate the people in the house mm-hmm. that he's watching to make sure that they're hitting their mark when he is. And that was something I read somewhere. I don't know if it was a one 
take shot but yeah. they were talking about like when he's walking from room to room in a house they actually had like the lighters and like people in the film running around room to room like moving the equipment oh, so I'm that sure. it was lit when he got there because they had very limited equipment right. and so they were like okay well you need to light this room and he left oh. this one we can take the equipment to this one that's really cool yeah and i wondered because when in the very beginning like he's he's watching his sister and i guess her boyfriend or whatever at the mm-hmm. time uh like walking around the house and if it is one shot or even if it's not i mean they still had to coordinate them getting there and him seeing it and then he walks around then they're going upstairs and everything it was like a dance they just had to make sure that it was mm-hmm. it was just really well done and cool because it genuinely felt like someone watching something and not like a staged because they could have easily shown him looking through the window then shown them walking into the room but they had this cool way of doing it at the same time that was dope as hell um i did i did get confused because i was like was their back door just open do you remember when he walks into the house he just like wa- saunters in I guess it makes sense if he's the little kid and, like, lives there. Yeah. Um, I think there was at least one other part in the filming where they have him, like, blink and okay. the door is open where, like, he goes into his sister's room. So I think have, like, where they're – Yeah. I'm not positive. I don't remember okay. that scene super well. I but... just wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a, a – not a critique, but, like, a thing of, like, oh, it's the suburbs. It's safe. You know, people have their doors open. I didn't know if it was like that. Possibly, yeah. Or if it was just he opened it. But I just noticed. I was like, he just, he just walks right in. <laughs> But that makes sense once you figure out who it is. Uh, he lives there. Um, I said, also, were there always eye holes? Did you notice that? In it's the- when he puts the mask on. That's so cool. It's when he picks up the clown mask and he puts it on. That's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I wasn't positive because I was taking my notes and then I noticed. I was like, oh, now there's eye holes. And I was like, were, were they the- there the whole time? That's so cool. He puts I- it on. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like I'm cheating because I before I ever watched this film, oh, right. I saw the making of Halloween like 10 times. I actually wondered about that. I was taking notes and I was like, this is so stupid. I know she's seen that movie a million times and I'm still going to do it. No, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is my first time. So I was just like, oh, it was so good. Um, I also said they really start out strong with the tits. They yes. really, I was Tit not forward. quite prepared, but it is a tits forward film. Mm-hmm. Um, good on that's yeah. lovely. I'm not mad. Uh, also, I said, bloody knife aside, that is the cutest little kid I have, like, ever seen. They he's take just like, the, who, me? They literally, they take off the mask and he's like, I'm sorry. He doesn't say that, but he looks like, he has these cute little eyes yeah. and he truly is like, oops, <laughs> he's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> I, between the chest burster baby and this kid, these are my children now. <laughs> you know, I'm really sensing an alarming theme. <laughs> because I did not find young Michael to be darling. I was like, look at his soulless eyes. <laughs> oh, no. I was really, really hoping that you would be like, isn't he so cute? You're no. right. <laughs> You're telling me. This <laughs> little blonde boy is the cutest thing. That you just uh, witnessed murdering his sister? I'm not saying. I said bloody knife aside. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Bloody knife murders impulses aside. He has good hair. Yes. <laughs> he, had good, he was so cute. Standing there with his little knife like ain't I a stinker? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was... They took the mask off and I was like, okay, it's a kid. That's scary. But also, oh my God, I wanted to pinch his little cheeks and then cuff him. Well, yeah. <laughs> Take him to jail. <laughs> but whatever. Okay. I guess I, I'm really scared now that we're going to watch another movie. And I'll be like, wasn't that kid just the cutest? We're going to watch like The Ring. And I'm going to be like, oh, isn't she darling? 
I just want to scoop her right up. She's got kind of cute though. We'll get there. Yeah, it's so good cute. hair. Um, yeah, I just said that. It was a really cool opening sequence. So I think it sets the tone for the movie really well too. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get a lot of POV shots. But it doesn't get old. You know? Like, I like that they show you this is what it's like to be inside of his head sort of thing. And you get that throughout. And they started off with that. It's really great. Yeah. Um, I thought it was super cool. Uh, also... I can't remember exactly what this was. It was the, oh, the shot, this shot scared me a lot. Mm. And I don't know why specifically. It just creeped me out. So it's when they are arriving to the hospital mm. and you have, I think you know which one I'm about to it say. Maybe shitless. Maybe. Um, so they've arrived like to the hospital. Um, and I don't know if it's on purpose that the nurse is supposed to seem kind of cold and unfeeling towards these people. But if it is on purpose, they did a great job because she just keeps saying they let them walk around. They let them as if they're just not people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting because I was just thinking to myself, these are people. These are humans. Especially when she had made the comment to Loomis, like, don't call them it. That's pretty dehumanizing, isn't it? Yeah. She she just was an interesting character for being there for such a short amount of time. She like, I don't know. She she did something. She freaked me out a little. Um, but there's that shot where they're in the car and they're talking and she's being very cold towards these people. And there's that shot of the headlights and it's lit just by the headlights and it's raining and there's just people walking it's around. terrifying. And they're wearing white uh-huh. gowns. It scared the shit out of me. It scared me shitless. Like that moment, I was like, <laughs> I'm really glad that it wasn't just me. Yeah. I was I was thinking, this can't just be me, right? This is very scary because they're walking around and it's so fast too that you're not positive at first you're like are these patients what's going on here and then she says you know oh they let them walk around and then you're like that's not a good sign Mm -mm. something is wrong and to me okay this might be a little bit of a diversion but like i've realized that my favorite types of scares are when something is off and you don't know why so like when uh he's dressed up in the ghost costume and he's standing in the doorway and he just won't speak or move Mm -hmm. and it's just the tension of her trying to figure out why he's not saying anything and then they get to the hospital they're in the car like you see these people and you don't know why something's wrong you don't understand how it got to this like those to me are the scariest oh 100 percent agree because yeah we'll get to it but yeah i i find things like that especially it's it really depends on how long you're willing to make people uncomfortable yeah because you could um you would give up you could just kill her immediately after he doesn't say a word for like a second and just go for it. But the longer you let him sit there and not say a word, the longer you start to question the it. Tension. Like, Maybe it's a prank. Maybe it's not. Okay, he's still not talking. This can't be right. Then you're thinking, he's still not talking. This has to be a prank. Like, it, it's, those are the best scares. You're right. It's 100%. Because I saw the, you know, the people in the rain and it's a very quick shot. And then you get a pretty solid amount of time before anything happens. So you're thinking, maybe it is normal. Maybe she's right. Maybe they do just get to walk around and that's, you know, a little strange, but whatever. And then you finally get the attack where he's on the car. And that's great because it's not an attack. He just climbs up and you can hear it. And it gives you the sense of, oh, okay, something's still not right, but I don't know what yet. Oh, you're you're so right. It's so scary. So that shot terrified me. Any shot that's using just headlights always mm. scares me. I'll take that type of scare over the like, okay, I'm just remembering Annabelle create, no, nope, yeah. Annabelle, just Annabelle. Just Annabelle. Annabelle. Where you see like the demon hanging upside down yeah. on the ceiling. I'm like, whatever, that's not scary to me. It, but like a scene lit by headlights with something just strangely off happening. Because that can happen. Me. Yeah. And like, and I'm not gonna, I, 
I'm not going to just sit here and be like, any paranormal thing that's ever happened is not real and no. it's not scary. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like seeing something that could easily be something you see is very unsettling. But, pe- you know, seeing people in the rain is not inherently scary, but seeing people in the rain where you really shouldn't and only seeing it with headlights so it's dim mm-hmm. is way more effective than just fully seeing a demon because you're like, okay, well, yeah, of course there's a demon. It's like in Phasma where you have limited range of view yes. based on the flashlights or when the hunt yeah. starts and your flashlight starts flickering the closer you are to it. Like, oh, this is not an ad for Phasmophobia, but we that game does a great job of using scares like this where yep. it's like very, did I see it? I don't know. So, not to harp on this one scare, but it was really effective. Yeah. And so far, using the POV shots in the beginning and then seeing this, I was hooked immediately. They yeah. got me with two of my favorite things. I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Okay, so within the first 15 minutes, it jumped back and forth between things like five times. So it took like three minutes on one story, three minutes on another, three minutes on another. And it just jumped so rapidly between this is the like origin this is laurie at school this is the doctor this is oh, this right. and it kept it jumped so rapidly it was good for me a person that has a hard time paying attention i didn't know if that was jarring to you or if it was like i weirdly the flow was natural i weirdly also liked it yeah because for me specifically as someone who forgets characters and forgets things very quickly because you know when you're watching a movie they show you a lot of things and you're you know meant to trust your audience and be like yeah you'll remember you'll remember but I do have trouble remembering things. So when they kept jumping, it, it didn't confuse me because I was like, oh, thank you. I forgot about him. Like, <laughs> it just yeah. took me a minute. Because I like, once the doctor had been attacked and the nurse thing happened and they went to, I think, Lori at school or something, mm-hmm. I they were out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So then they jumped back and I'm thinking, oh, thank God. <laughs> so yeah. I actually liked it. Yeah. I loved it because it felt like they were putting, like you saw all the puzzle pieces on the table yes. and you're like, I'm going to work on this section. Oh wait, I found this one. So I'm going to go over here. I'm going to yeah. work on the edge pieces first. And so me, a jigsaw puzzle enthusiast, <laughs> picture things as puzzles. But I thought it was really cool the way it's building this story. You see all the players yes. and then you start to put them together and build. Yeah. I really like that because you know, you don't have to give everybody every piece in a movie, Mm-mm. but if you do, you just got to piece it together right. That's all. Like, mm-hmm. there's different ways to give you the information, obviously. And I liked this one a lot. I um, I don't know. It didn't feel like they were giving me too much. Yeah. Because that can happen. Yeah. There are some movies where they give you all of the information, just like in a big dump of like, here, take it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, it's too much. Yep. <laughs> um, but because they'd split it up and kind of give you little bite-sized pieces, it felt nice. And then it flows from mm-hmm. there, which is even better. It just, like, gives you these quick jumps and then is saying, like, oh, okay, now we're off to the races. Here we go. So, yes. I loved that. Okay. I, I thought it was great. It wasn't jarring at all. I remember thinking that and being like, oh, they're jumping a lot, but I don't hate it. Um, also, I, I wrote, Jamie Lee Curtis is perfect. Um, <laughs> I love Jamie Lee Curtis. The minute I saw her face, I was like, there's my girl. We're here. I'm doing it. I love her. Uh, everybody in this movie just had great hair. Yes. Can we just talk about everyone had great hair? They did. Yeah. I loved Linda's hair so much with the dumb little pigtail. It was pigtail time. Oh, It was pigtail time. Yeah. I thought about it. I saw her and I went, oh, is it pigtail time? (laughs) I was like, shit, I gotta go put my pigtails in. But it was like a half up, half down, like, pigtail situation. Oh, she did. You're right. It was so cute. It was very cute. Um, What was the curly girl? Curly girl? Annie. (laughs) What was it? Annie. Annie. She had the best hair in the world. This movie is giving me a crisis because I watched it and I went, shit, do I have to cut my hair? 
because I have curly hair like Annie and I wanted to cut it now. But I'm worried that if I did do that, I myself would look like Orphan Annie because of my red hair. And I was very worried because she also has short curly hair. And I was, I don't want to. There's a distinct roundness and bowl shape to Annie's, <laughs> I, or to Orphan Annie. I think that you'd That's be true. safe with. <laughs> I was just, al- I'm always worried that people will say I either look like Annie or the Wendy's girl. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. there's a fine line I walk and yeah. as a redhead and you know mm-hmm. I've chosen this path and I must yeah. walk it carefully yeah I'm uh, constantly compared to other green haired celebrities yeah, so it's pretty I awful know. Yeah. I'm so sorry there's yeah. so many of them too Billie Eilish that's <laughs> the only one I have and she's blonde now so no it's not even the same green <laughs> always I see Kate I go Billy. oh sorry it's Kate uh, also when she said she was babysitting on Halloween, I had a genuine reaction where I went, ugh, on Halloween? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As if I really do anything on Halloween these days. But still, mm-hmm. <laughs> what a drag. I, was it her choice? Like, I mean, I guess it was. She she said she'd do it, obviously. And I guess Annie was too. Yeah, so Annie was originally planning to babysit so that her boyfriend could come over. Okay. Because she couldn't have sex with her boyfriend in her house, but she could in right, someone else's she house. Could, yeah. If she can pawn the child off on someone else or sit them in front of a TV, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's supposed to, like, show her neglectful nature and why she must die, obviously. But um, with Lori, it was very much like she doesn't have anything better to do. She's not invited okay. to the dance. She doesn't have a boyfriend. That was it. There was a dance. Okay. There's a dance the next night. Oh, and it, they kept talking about it, and I could not remember when yeah. it was. It was supposed to be the night after the okay. night that we were cool. witnessing. Because cool. I know she was wanting to go but didn't have a date and i was like Lori, just go alone you're a snack i wrote it she is she is someone asked her like why don't you date like why don't you have a boyfriend she's like guys think i'm too smart oh she said that Lori, my baby i was like if guys don't date you because you're too smart they can fuck off yeah yeah i was angry as hell at that part i remember that i was like you're hot as hell super smart fuck them jamie lee curtis my angel um (laughs) yeah um also i I don't know what it is about movies specifically from 60s to 70s to very early 80s. Mm. And maybe even some like mid 80s that have such good Foley. Mm. I know we talk about it in like every film, but there's something specific about 1970s to early 80s movies that have the juiciest, Mm -hmm. crunchiest, just most delicious Foley. Yeah. Every footstep was like, like it was just so satisfying. I love it. I couldn't stop. Every time they did anything, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. I was like, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Cook me up good. <laughs> I can't not say it. Yeah. Someday I'll tell everybody what it's from. But not now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a specific technique. I don't know if it's just that um, microphones have improved and now we don't need to do as much Foley work in, like, the studio after. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know much about it. I just know that it's juicy, it's good, and it's so satisfying. It has that same feel of playing a good video game that has really good foley of, like, walking Mm. or really good, like, when you open a bag in a game and it has that really satisfying feel. Like, I opened that, you know? Which is what games should have, and this movie also had Immersive, yeah. Yes, it makes you feel like you're there. And we don't have that as much anymore in movies, I feel like. Maybe not the same techniques, and maybe that's what is different i don't know hmm. but it was really cool um i also loved any shot of her walking and him watching her 
Um, you get a lot of like POV shots of him watching her, but my favorites are when you can see him watching her and they did that thing again where they do it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And that's and what makes it so unsettling. And it's like, are you building to something where it's, yes. they, someone, an article I read mentioned this, where they were basically like, this balances this things happening quick. Okay. I'm not phrasing this correctly. So many horror films are like, we're going to bombard you. This thing happens suddenly, but then yeah. Halloween stretches out moments so long that you wonder if you're waiting for something. Yeah. And then nothing happens. And then tension builds up again and it just keeps building it up. And you never know when there's yeah. going to be a scare. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking is that they do these really cool things in the beginning specifically where they build these moments out so long and so that you're waiting for something. Then you're lulled into a false insecurity of thinking something's always going to take a while. So I don't need to be ready for sudden movements. Then something does happen suddenly. And even if it's not jump scare sudden, it's still more sudden than everything else you've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. So it is unsettling and scary. Yeah, and It's really well done and cool. Um, I can't think of a movie that we've seen besides maybe It Follows that mm-hmm. had that same let's linger on a moment so you can really sit in it and experience it. Yeah. I can't think of any, I'm sure there is, I'm sure there's some, but I, It Follows is more specific because they had that really cool shot where they spin around. The 360. And that's really great because it gives you a lot of stuff to see, but they also do it with um, the people on the roof. Like, and it follows. It's a similar mm, thing. Yeah. When you're watching someone watch your main character mm-hmm. and you don't know what they're going to do. And this was the same. It, it just lulls you into this this thing of like, oh, well, he takes his time. But then sometimes he doesn't. He's a very unpredictable character. Yeah. And that's what makes him so scary. Um. Oh, yeah. I also loved it. It was really subtle. But I loved this moment of her seeing him from the school window. And she's looking at him and she's distracted. And the teacher's like, "Uh, Lori, can you answer the question? And she just answers it effortlessly. Mm -hmm. I was on my couch going, bitch, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) wrote that down on my notes. I was like, she was caught unawares, but you can't stump the girl. You know, exactly. I love that it's it's a cool, subtle way to just be like, oh, isn't she so smart? (laughs) Yes. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Uh, Tracking shots in this movie are great. I know we've talked about it a lot, but we haven't talked about it in the cars, which were my favorite. Yeah. Because that had to be, I'm assuming, when they used the steady cams. I mean, they also used it, I'm sure, for POV shots too. But in the cars, like, it's got to be tough to have the equipment in the car keeping it steady while your car is moving. And you have a subject moving that you're trying to follow. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. And they did a really good job. Um, specifically, like, with the kid leaving school. That scene where he's turning the corner and yeah. you see the camera shifting inside. I loved that. It was so good. It, the camera like shifts to follow it to, to so you don't really lose sight of him. It's it really neat, and you do kind of lose sight of him briefly in like the bushes, I think. And then you see the car maneuver to get to, and it's just great. Again, they had to be so careful about timing to be like walk this fast. Okay, slow down. Like I'm just curious how many times they had to do these takes. Did they have trouble being like walk slower? Okay, now walk faster. Now drive slower. Like. That's like juggling. It's so impressive to me. I'll never figure it out. You know, like most of these actors were like shiny brand new. Yes. Like children actors. And then also like Jamie Lee Curtis, this was her first like major film. Mm -hmm. So it's like these people are new except for the guy that was listed first. Right. Uh, But to get that, like to get your, um, what's that I'm looking for? It's on stage. You're, 
Oh my God. Blocking? Blocking. Thank yeah. you. To get your blocking right. So well with actors who are. It was just impressive. I was trying to draw blocking and I was like, okay, where you put the tape on the corners I of the watched furniture. It, like a little X and I was like, oh, like the blocking tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was uh, a stage manager. So like, that's what I did. <laughs> I was an actor. So yeah. <laughs> I never hit my mark. <laughs> the mark is wherever I am. I bad eyes. <laughs> I always played characters where they would be like, oh, you have to take your glasses off. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad for you. Not me. <laughs> or all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, like, I don't think blocking is ever something we really talked about in a movie and it standing out, but it does in this just cause it's gotta be really tough yeah. to get everyone coordinated correctly. Cause not only do you have your actors having to coordinate, but you've got your cameraman, the lighting, everything had to be perfect. Because when a movie is relying on the tension of paths that don't cross when yes. they could have, that's really fucking important to get the timing perfect Yes, because it's like, there has to be a reason that they don't see this person. And it's because he crossed just seconds before you did. Exactly. And that was the thing I talked about in my notes is that his kill seems so scary because he's not trying to hide them. He's just getting lucky. Yeah. And there's this really great shot of him dragging Annie back into the house after he's killed her. I think he's carrying her. He's carrying her. Um, Bridal style. Yes. He's, you know. (laughs) Over the threshold. Over the threshold. The threshold. Why did I say it like this? (laughs) I don't know why I did that. Um... (laughs) But he carries her in, and there's this amazing moment of Lori going to the window because she's looking for Annie, trying to make sure someone is there. She's got the kid that she's watching. She looks just a second too late and doesn't see her go in. And it's so... They had to time it so well! Mm-hmm. I'm, like, angry. I'm, like, angry it was so good. Because I'm, like, I, I would have messed it up. I know I would have. <laughs> it was great. I think, like, you're right. If they didn't time that well, it would mess up the whole thing. So they had to get it right. Very cool. Also, the next thing I wrote, should I get a curly haircut? Be honest, should I though? I don't know who I was asking. I guess you. Yes. It looked really pretty. I'm always in favor of haircuts. I know. I've been growing it out for so long, but Mm. Annie looked so good. I just love, I love a good curly hair representation, you know? I got a perm in high school and I wanted my hair to look like hers. It did not. Spoiler alert. I've seen it. It It's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my it God. sounds like i grew up in the 80s no oh, i mean i used to straighten just my bangs so if it makes you feel any better i we've all made hair sins yeah. you know we've all been there yeah um <laughs> but i just every time movies have people with curly hair it's usually like uh fucking uh princess diaries Mm. Where they have curly hair and then they're like, oh, we got to brush this, make it straight so that way you're beautiful. So my whole high school life, I was like, oh, if my hair is curly, I'm ugly. I should have been watching Halloween. Mm-hmm. She was gorgeous. Yeah. So I just missed it. I should have been watching like 1970s, 80s movies. And then oh, I would have sure. been there. would have been good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that I did that. I got I got off for a little bit there. Oh, I didn't mean to say I got off. I She was beautiful, <laughs> but listen... <laughs> That's why my notes are <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to got do off topic. I got off topic. <laughs> I was really thinking about her good hair, and I was just taking notes. I was just taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, where was I? Where was I? <laughs> Sorry, focus. We're getting off. <laughs> I, was, I was so focused on getting off that I just I I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, oh, this cracked me up. The part, what's her name? The girl that thinks sales. Uh, Linda. Linda. 
Like, there's this whole bit where she's talking about books that she, like, I loved that moment. And Lori's obviously distracted because she's seen a murderer. Uh But she's like, my books, why would I bring it? I can get my chemistry book, my my math book, book. and my friend's book. And she just keeps going. And you can hear her, like, being played in the background at this point. And she's still going. Why would I need books? I I love her so much. That's one of my favorite. I wrote it in my notes, too. Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. They had really great funny moments in this. They were not... There were very few of them, but when they happened, they were very funny. Um, I also feel bad. Well, not that bad. He's a cop. But he, like, showed up. Her dad, the cop, showed up. And in my head, I just went, oh, he's so greasy, so gross. <laughs> I don't know why I roasted this cop immediately. Eh? But I did. I thought he was going to be shitty. Oh, uh, well, usually they are in slashers. Cops right. are useless is, like, one of the tropes. <laughs> so that's why when they showed him, I was like, oh, he's greasy. He's gross. Mm-hmm. And then it, he's, he's fine. He helps. He does this thing. Whatever. The, the doctor really saves the day for the most part. Um, in terms of actually affecting any events, I don't think the cop does anything. He just doesn't. I, yeah, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. Like, nothing he does impacts them at all it doesn't impact them negatively but it also yeah. doesn't do anything to yeah. help okay i couldn't remember yeah. I, like, I don't think he does much mm-hmm. um also there was a good part where they had trick-or-treaters running around i don't remember what part of the movie this is but they have trick-or-treaters kind of running around and i was so on edge at this point that i just assumed someone was being murdered mm. i thought that this was going to be like annie died or, or something happened and i was so sure that i was just waiting for it I could hear a, I heard noise and I just assumed, oh, something's got to be happening. And then it wasn't. So they did that thing where they, they had me on edge. Um, and then I said, what's scary is that he's not anything but human, or at least so I thought at this point, I guess we'll get to that, but he's not anything but human. So why can he hide so fast? And I said, it's like, he knows he's being watched and he's got an exit plan every time. Like when he hides behind the bush, mm-hmm. he has to know that she sees him. And he gets away so fast because he had to know, oh, well, she's going to come over here and look, I'll just leave. I don't like when people have a perfect exit strategy Mm -mm. every time, Mm -mm. okay? Very scary. Very scary. Very scary. Uh, It really creeps me out specifically when the car is driving by and the doctor's time to talk to the police and you know that he knows that's the doctor and he just drives past him. He he just truly feels like so lucky. You feel lucky, punk? He was. Mm Mm-hmm. He just didn't give a fuck. I don't know. Also, I said, they killed the curly girl haired... The curly girl haired... <laughs> the curly haired girl first. That's not fair. Okay? It's not fair. I would never last in this movie. One, I love to sit. Yeah. Okay? I love to party. love to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And two, I have very big curly hair. Yes. That's not fair. It's not fair. Bigger target. <laughs> <laughs> My big red curly Annie hair would have been a big... He would have been like, I'm getting that one first. See that little orphan? Call shot. <laughs> he pointed right at me and said, you're next. And I went, who are you? And then I died. You're like, you a darling. You must have been a cute kid. Stop it. <laughs> he took off his mask and looked at me and said, I'm going to kill you. And I went, you were probably adorable as a kid. <laughs> Look at this baby blues. <laughs> Pinched his cheeks. Stop. He was so cute. I was so mad that you don't agree. I was, I wrote that note and I was so confident. I was like, I cannot wait to hear Kate say, I love that little kid. I really don't know, like, what my initial impressions would have been had I not known Ugh. everything in this movie before watching it. Because I see him, I was like, oh, he has no feelings in those little head. <laughs> in those little head. I was going to say little head. I was going to say in that little head or in those little eyes. In those little head. <laughs> in that little head. I mean, fair. He, I, it just, I don't know. They took off that mask and I was like, oh, <laughs> 
something wrong with me. Maybe. Same with the alien. Uh-huh. He popped out of that chest and I, I went, oh, like a little baby. Okay. I agree the alien was cute. I did not feel maternal toward that alien. I did. I was like, come here. I gotta protect you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I need, but it's not good. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but it's not good. I wrote again. Okay, Annie's a lot like me. I'm really worried. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought Annie was cool, though. Oh, she was bold as all get out. And I love how she's just, like, clomping across the yard. Like, oh, oh shit, I, I forgot the keys. And then she clomps all the way back. And then she's like, hold on. Something's not right here. And then she dies. Yeah, I know. Poor thing. She truly clomped her way right to hell. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I want to go. I want to be in hell with sweet, curly-haired Annie. Mm-hmm. Um uh okay uh i said the camera angles being so deadpan was also really creepy um it's not all the time but just every now and then they would get like a really nice deadpan shot and it does that cool thing where you don't really know where to look Mm -hmm. because it would be a nice wide shot and of course whatever we're supposed to see is right in the center but it's usually quite small i didn't know i drew the shape of a man there so you knew Mm -hmm. um but it was usually quite small so it was like am i supposed to see this is it what's happening and it it was a nice somewhat disorienting but also they're giving you the subject right in the center of the screen yeah but i did like that they didn't do it all the time it wasn't like wes anderson deadpan the whole time movie kind of thing you know it was there's a lot of stuff going on can you imagine if this was though i i've never seen a wes anderson movie oh you haven't i've only seen isle of dogs which arguably doesn't really which count. isn't yeah quite yeah. i mean it's still quite a little deadpan but yeah wes anderson movies are notorious for just being like there it is. This is the shot. They're right there. They're centered. Let's do this. Sure. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like that, but they had some, some cool ones. Uh, let's see. I'm almost done with my notes here. Oh, I also said this movie aggressively follows the, if you sin, you die trope, which yes. we talked about. Um, but it was painfully obvious from the very beginning. Cause they really push how good she is. Lori, they're like, Oh, she's so smart. Look at her doing chores for her dad. And isn't she cute? I mean, she was like fair yeah um <laughs> what did i say earlier i was that's i was getting off you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wasn't well well um why does michael myers hate fun so much do we know <laughs> that's one of my notes so i was like why from the very beginning is he just like don't you dare have a good time it's not he's not involved in it you're only allowed it? to have fun if he's there no it's but- because he's literally evil incarnate according to loomis I just can't. I'm like, okay, but why is he so mad at people just having a good time? There are so many other people around him that he could just stab all willy-nilly, but he decides to do murders to people who are having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you like that sentence? Uh-huh. Was that good? <laughs> that was, that was that a good, good sentence. For you? Yeah. <laughs> that was good for me. What if to blame is the salt lamp? <laughs> uh, okay, here, here was another note that I had about the kills that really scared me. I said, the kills are really scary, strangling someone and then stabbing them. It's not necessarily new, but it's how quiet and how fast the strangling happens that was so unusual. Because usually, I feel like in movies, when you, like, strangle someone, you get a lot of, unfair, a lot of, like, the you know, the person being strangled obviously reacts and screams and a lot of noises. But it was, like, silent. He would grab people's neck and they were just like, huh? <laughs> and there was nothing. And then he'd stab them. And it felt unnecessary mm-hmm. didn't the stabs feel kind of unnecessary oh, but in overkill. a way that was the point yeah really scary that freaked me out i didn't like i didn't like that um which we won't talk about it yet but my, my biggest biggest my scariest scare my, my scariest scare scariest moment 
I'm having a day. My scariest moment is similar to that kind of mm-hmm. thing where it's just felt so overkill. And mm. I, yeah. So also Linda, poor Linda. She's murdered for having a good time. Yeah. I also wrote poor Linda. She's beautiful hair. <laughs> Apparently yeah. I was really upset about her beautiful hair. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you get upset after getting off, you know? <laughs> I did it! <laughs> I did it! <laughs> I, I I hate this for me. Like, listen, this everyone's going to listen to this episode and be like, I love the episode where they talk about Nikki just getting off. That's hilarious. And I'm in hell. <laughs> I did this to myself, too. It's the worst part. I didn't even notice it, and you called it I out. I did, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I like, was yeah, just sure. worried that some of it, like their first review would be, did that girl get him? <laughs> Four out of five stars. I don't know. She had a really good time. <laughs> Four out of five stars. I wish they had talked so long about that. <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> Crying. So what's first episode is going to be this one? And they're going to be like, that girl loves horror movies. <laughs> She really loves them. (laughs) I'm in hell. (laughs) Okay. We're there with Annie. Curly haired Annie. (laughs) I'm in hell with curly haired Annie. She clomped her way to hell. (laughs) Clomped her way real good. Oh, I offed my way to hell. Okay. (laughs) One of my notes. I said I love the way that she found all those bodies because it's absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it because like she's terrified and it's a lot to see and there's so much happening. And then she backs up to this dark door. And of course, there he is. And, and and they do the same thing where it lingers. He doesn't immediately grab her. He doesn't stab her. He like, he like just sits there for a second and lets her just be there. Then he like goes for her. But it's so scary how long he just wants to watch her, I guess. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very frightened of Thanks, it. Thanks, I hate it. Yes. Um, but then I said, well, she's never had sex. She's fine. <laughs> uh... I also, <laughs> I love when she goes, I killed him as he's like walking up the stairs to, yep. <laughs> to kill her. I was like, oh, well. And Tommy's like, did you? Right. Did you, did you though? Uh, she knows her way around a hanger. She that, does. Good for her. Mm-hmm. I've seen this tested on something. I don't remember what it was, but somebody was like, can you actually undo a hanger in the time it takes for him to bust down this door? And I think they found that like they kind of could. So that's neat. Yeah. That's all I had. I just... It's wrapped really tight. Yeah. And she does it really fast. Yeah. You just got the right length of nails to get in there. Right? Well. But yeah, she she undoes it so quick and then just jabs him right in the eye. And that's great. Uh, It's... I don't like anything that stabs people in the eye. It always grosses me out. Uh, Also, he had a mask on, so good aim. Mm, Yes. You do see him without his mask briefly, mm-hmm. and I don't... It's when she rips off his mask, like, in just like... Blah, right. Blah. Just, you know. And he's just like... Huh. <laughs> he kind of does do like... Oh, he reminds me of Noodle when he got shaved, where he's just like, what? Say, I dare you. <laughs> when my cat gets shaved and he just stares at you like, say something. <laughs> they massacred my boy. Um... But yeah, he like it was a in- interesting moment because it's the only time in the movie that he's kind of sheepish and he's mm-hmm. like, oh. and it kind of mimics when they take the mask off as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, they take it off and he's like, oh, oh me, I'm sorry. And then mm-hmm. same thing. I mimed taking the mask off a million times just now for sure you. Did, in yeah. case you great. weren't, I was like, they take it off, Kate. They take it off. They don't put it on. They take no, it they off. They take it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they take it off. Oh, no, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, and then I said the music when he sits up and looks at her. It's almost comical in a mm. way. <laughs> he's like laying down and, and he sits like, up and it's like, 
Uh huh. It, it got like it got a little laugh out of me. Then I was scared again. Mm-hmm. But it was very funny. <laughs> um, also, not knowing where he is, but being able to hear his breathing is great. I love yes. the ending. That is basically how it ends. It's great. Yeah, what, you, you're doing the fingers. What I'm you doing got? The fingers. Nick it off. Kate did the fingers. <laughs> oh, we've created a nightmare episode. We're yeah. just going to have to scrap this one. <laughs> Sorry, you thought we were doing Halloween. We're not. Sorry, y'all. Oh, God. Sorry, I interrupted you, though. No, go. I, I was done. Okay. That was it. I just okay. love the ending. So, I got so excited. My arms have to be above my head. They are. But something that I loved about um, the scares and the slowness of it because like our friends in the discord made a joke about like i'm gonna be uh, michael myers for halloween yeah. and like i'm gonna stay in character and move at roughly two miles per hour the whole night yeah. and i was like lol and then i watched it and i was like to me that is the scariest part because yeah. he's not like preternaturally fast when you mm-hmm. watch him he's inevitable oh, he is the thing so that is going to happen and he's not in a hurry and he enjoys Ugh. watching them question it. He enjoys waiting and knowing that he's in control. Because, like, when he's watching Linda for so long, he's just admiring his work. He's like, oh, so I know that I'm going to kill this person. And she's getting scareder and scareder by the moment. Yeah. And that was good for him. And there's, like, nothing he she can do. No. Like, eh. And so, to me, it's, like, those moments where uh, my scariest moment mm-hmm. is when she's, like, her back is to a doorway and uh-huh. she's like just overcome with emotions valid right and you look over to the right and his face slowly appears in the oh, doorway it does because it starts off like it's a dark doorway and then yeah. you see a hint of light and then you mm-hmm. see his mask emerge yep. and it's so slow because he's not in a hurry and it reminds me of something that my dad told me when i was a kid where like the original mummy movies scare my yeah. dad shitless because uh, he said, like, the mummy moves really slow, but he's inevitable. And, like, oh, so the monster doesn't hustle, but he's going to get there. Yeah. And he's not on any timetable that you understand. Like, it's kind of like It Follows. I was just thinking that. It, where It, it Follows definitely same. took it from this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween really was influenced by It Follows. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of Boss Baby vibes from this. <laughs> My favorite joke about movies of all time. <laughs> Guy who's only seen Boss Baby. I'm getting a lot maybe but um but yeah i like i know we keep bringing it up but it 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 follows has that same kind of it's inevitable it knows it's gonna get there Mm -hmm. it's not in a hurry it'll figure it out it's the same with him where he's he has he just has such a plan Mm -hmm. from the very beginning like it's just i don't know and i love that you don't know we're going back to the beginning but i love that you don't know why the people are outside and it's just like did he do it did he let everybody out? Did he somehow escape? Like, mm. why are the people walking around? Was it his plan? He got out. I mean, it's just, it makes you feel like he's had it planned for a really long time. Mm. And there's just, it's really unsettling. They did a great job. It, it's And he's not like a monster either. He's not hidden in any way. It's not like, uh, like the descent where you have this monster reveal and it's been in the background the whole time. You just see him from the beginning. And like you said, it's just knowing that no matter what, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. Ugh. So yeah, that my, I would say my scariest moment is, um, is probably when he looks at Bob after he's killed him. Yeah. The head creepy out. The butterfly moment. Uh, it's like he kills him. He does it relatively fast, but he does that same thing where he strangles him and then he seems to, to stab him and it's so unnecessary, but he stabs him to the wall. 
And it's mm-hmm. almost like he surprised himself. Mm-hmm. And that's why it creeps me out is that he's not killing with any kind of talent for it. You know, it's not like he's really good at killing or like you said, he's not super fast. He just knows what he's doing and he knows that he'll get away with it. It's fine. He, mm-hmm. he has no worry of consequence either. So yeah, he stabs him and it's almost like he's so surprised at a good job he's done that mm-hmm. he like, cocks his head to the side and looks at him. Yeah. And that creeped me out because it, it like contradicted everything I thought of, oh, he's got a plan. But then he doesn't seem to. He kind of just makes it up as he goes. And that's worse in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. So it was between that and the ghost. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Because it was the same thing where he didn't really necessarily plan to do that, but he knew it would work. So he wasn't worried. And yeah, really, really cool scares. Not that many jump scares, really. Um, but didn't need them. No. So I think that was that was the rest of my notes. I just loved the ending. Because um, I, I know we'd already talked about Juicy Foley, but having his breathing be a consistent thing and then having it be the thing you hear at the end that lets you know he's still around was really good. Yeah, that was the other thing where it's not just like he is going to get there, but he is omnipresent. Yeah. He is everywhere. And that is like really what Nell's down nails home drives home i know yeah. idioms that's it. what really reinforces the idea that like he might be more than human right because he like okay he was stabbed once okay maybe it didn't hit a vital organ or right. maybe he's gonna keep going he's stabbed twice okay well that should put someone else down but whatever he's determined right he's shot five times in the chest and falls out a two-story balcony and then What's he up? quickly moves away quickly so it's like you know that something it's not right. It, yeah, it's not right. Like, <laughs> it doesn't look right. It's that same thing with like the rain, that shot in the rain. Something's not right. Something's off. Yeah. What is happening? Mm-hmm. And um, so the yeah. omnipresence of the breathing, it's like he has permeated that town. He is the shadow that hangs over that town. Yeah. They can't get rid of it. And it's it's also, and it goes back to that thing of him like having a plan or not having a plan. It, it's also... He's watching these people that he could easily attack right now, and he's just not because he he know he I don't know it's yep. like he's thinking it through, and that's mm-hmm. he's inevitable. He's smart. He's it's just yeah, very upsetting. Very good movie. Cool villain for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, one of the scariest ones we've had. Even though it was just a dollar ninety eight mask like of yeah. William Shatner, <laughs> um, it really scared me. Uh, and I wasn't I think because I had seen so many pictures and parodies and this because uh, it's been out forever you know a long time i wasn't scared of him i think that's why i didn't really want to watch this is because mm-hmm. i was like oh, it's not gonna scare me i've seen this parodied and made fun of and replicated so many times but it still scared the shit out of me oh yeah so fucking good job oh yeah sometimes it's not about what the villain looks like it's just about what they do and yeah that's awesome yeah, I so. really loved the scares. I thought they were really effective. For sure. Um, I'm like going over my notes trying to see if like I missed anything. And it, I've covered most of it. Really, it just gets down to the me interacting with characters that do things that I can't. <laughs> yeah. In particular, watching Lori walk down the stairs with her hands in her pockets like she was bragging. Every time I walk down the stairs, I have to pay attention. And if I get distracted, I'm like, oh, no, Kate, don't get cocky. But Lori was so confident. She didn't even need her hands out. She was walking down the stairs with her hands in her pockets. Kate, bragging. I want to call you out. <laughs> but yesterday, I no. did walk downstairs with my hands in my pockets. And in my head, Dear I went, devil. fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> there is something about having my hands in my pockets that immediately makes me feel like I'm amazing. And I, I walked downstairs and I went, didn't even need him on the railing. Like, 
just read that and I went, you're reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have fallen, fallen? I have fallen. I've fallen real good. <laughs> I have fallen down anywhere I've lived. If there are stairs, I have fallen down them. It's inevitable. It is inevitable. <laughs> and so like watching her do that, I was like, fuck you, Lori. There is, I will say, there is something thrilling about walking downstairs with your hands in your pockets being like, yeah. <laughs> like, if I fall, that's it for me. <laughs> I think maybe I, this is going back to childhood trauma. Are you oh ready boy, for it? I'm ready. Uh, I was very young. I was angry. I was at the pool. My mom told me that I had to, what would, so what we were doing was really dumb. We were going into the showers turning it on like the coldest setting and then jumping into the pool so the pool felt warmer. Oh, okay. Because it's like a... We used to do that too. Yeah. And my mom's like, why the fuck aren't you just staying in the pool? And she was like really annoyed with me. Valid. And so <laughs> uh, I had my arms crossed really tight because the tighter your arms are, the angrier you are, you know? Right, yeah. And I was stomping and I was walking across wet concrete and there was a huge puddle and I slipped in it and I knocked a tooth out because my oh. arms were crossed very tightly and I could not catch myself in right. time so I landed right on my face. Oh my god. That did actually save us a lot of money on dental work though because I was supposed to have that tooth removed later in the week. You did have it for him. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, okay, well this was convenient. You were like head start. But I did just immediately knock a tooth out of oh my mouth. Oh god. By falling on my face. Oi. Yeah. So like that combined with like the number of times I have broken toes by falling down the stairs. You I'm certainly like, do. You're the one that should be worried about your toes, not I, me. I am so worried about my toes. They broken. They look broken. I almost sent you a video of me saying that with a video of my toe that is half black under the nail because I opened a door onto it. You look at this. <laughs> showing me your toe. Folks, it's gnarly. <laughs> my toe handy <laughs> she sure had that toe ready it's like you came in here going i'm showing her my toe i don't care what she says i'll find a way to steer the conversation to talk about my toe you wrote this note when you came in you were like all right yeah i'm gonna say something about her walking downstairs and, oh i'm showing her my toe oh my god oh boy I'm sorry about your toe you and toes man it's but rough. anytime a character does anything gracefully i'm usually like how I'm also quite clumsy. I just am a daredevil, apparently, yeah. because I fall a lot. But I put those hands in my pockets, and I'm like, I'm invincible. <laughs> um, but yeah, when anyone does anything, it runs away from anyone. I'm like, oh, well, I can't run. So it's like, that's a hazard. I, I know that we all have this fight or flight in our mind. Mm -hmm. I think I don't have a choice because I am so slow. I have to fight or else that's it. So I'm ready. Let's fight. <laughs> I have no choice. Well, that there are actually three options. Oh. Uh, flight, fright, or freeze. The freeze is tonic immobility. It's where oh. you just like totally lock up and you oh, okay. don't move at all. So most people say like fight or flight, but like I, my previous job, we yeah. talked about like um, the neurobiology of trauma mm -hmm. and like how people react in situations that are tra traumatizing and how uh, right. your brain just does that sometimes where yeah. it's like, why didn't you fight him off? Because I froze. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm like, oh, I wonder. I'd probably fight stuff. No, you, you're a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be. <laughs> I can't run. I can't run. <laughs> with these toes. With, oh, with these toes? <laughs> I'd have my hands in my pockets running away, being like, watch me, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brag. Uh, 
so yeah, that that was all my notes on yeah, horror. Those are my notes. Uh, do, do you want to do tropes? Are you ready for yeah, tropes? I think, oh, you said it like I shouldn't be. I think so. <gasps> okay. Uh, so I went in a lot of different directions with tropes because I was like, I just want to do like really wild ones. And I was like, oh, but this one's really cool to unpack. So I'm doing a little bit of both. A little, little treat. A little bit of both. So one of them is evil phone. <laughs> the okay. phone rings. You shouldn't answer it. You shouldn't. If you're in a horror movie, you should almost certainly never answer the phone. Yeah. Just dial out. Do not, do yes. not answer a call. Yes. Because it's the phone is coming from inside the house, or you're going to be listening to your friend die, or Ugh. you're going to be quizzed about your favorite scary movies while and your you boyfriend won't. is gutted in front of you. <laughs> These are the things that will happen if you answer the phone. These are the things. This is why millennials don't answer the phone. This is truly why. <laughs> uh, the cobbler's children have no shoes. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh-huh. Is this because, like, no one wore shoes or what? No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I did have to look into this one because at first I thought it was supposed to like solely be this like ironic like oh the person who makes shoes but his kids don't have shoes oh no no that's so yeah. weird and ironic no uh, it's the uh, a character is good at their profession but unable or unwilling to use that ability to help themselves or their family oh. and so in movies it's most often seen with therapists ah uh, okay yeah. So the therapist that has just like a really bad home life and their kids hate them and they're like, let's talk this out. And the kid's like, fuck you. So. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> As kids do, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I clearly know children. Um, but in this case, it's a very like downplayed version, but it's the cop whose yeah. daughter is like, I'm gonna fuck my boyfriend. I'm gonna do drugs in front of you. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do all these things. And he's just like, blah, 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 I'm a cop. So, Yeah. <laughs> that's my impression was it good it was really good <laughs> I, it's like he was here i was transported yeah um let's see bloodless carnage yeah this one is basically where it's like um the gory discretion shot yeah or like where like this thing happens that should be bloody as hell right like he was stabbed to a wall and hung there there's yeah. not a drop of blood anywhere Ugh, uh creepy. and this is where it gets into <sighs> the thing that I just want opinions on. Okay. So there's this question of whether this is the trope maker or the trope codifier. And the trope... Okay, so unpacking a little bit. For anyone that hasn't listened before, there are a lot of different ways a trope can be built. Yeah. So if we have the Ur example, that's like the first time it was it ever occurred. And then the trope maker is the first intentional use of the trope, and the trope codifier is the one that um, is not claiming to be original, but it was the most popular like version pop of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so most people would say that, like, Halloween is the trope codifier, not the trope maker, because clearly there were other, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre did occur before Halloween. Yeah. But this is, like, the one that sets the template for all the others. But it's interesting to also consider an unbuilt trope. Yeah. So an unbuilt trope, direct quote, tvtropes.org, thank you, uh, is a work that seems like a trope is deconstructed, subverted, justified, or even played for laughs. In reality, it is the trope maker itself, or at the very least, the work that popularized the trope and often misblamed for the current saturated use of the trope itself. Mm -hmm. So Halloween is arguably the first slasher movie, but there's remarkably little blood. Uh, there's actually an adult character that's not totally fucking useless or disbelieving of right. them. There are only four like on-screen deaths. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no real like Freudian excuse for Michael. It's not like, oh, I saw my mom do this thing. Yeah, you thing really don't get much. Castration, anxiety, like, there's not that. Yeah. And then he looks totally normal underneath the mask. Yeah, yeah. And something that you usually see is, like, disfigurement used to be that way. It fucked up. But, so, 
people are like, well, it's like the iconic slasher movie, but it's not even like a slasher movie. But um, if you go into the unbuilt trope, direct quote from tvtropes.org, because the trope was the trope, no, because the work was the trope maker, it could freely explore the ramifications of the trope before it solidified or in some cases congealed Ugh. into its current form. It seems like a deconstruction, but at the time there was no trope to deconstruct. Yeah. Just an interesting idea to explore. It wasn't expected to conform to a certain pattern because the pattern had not yet been established. And so if we consider Halloween as like the iconic slasher movie, yet it doesn't, it's not buckets of blood. Yeah. It's not this, it's not this. It's just really interesting to engage with it in like, where does it fall on the timeline? And what does it mean to be a trope codifier versus a co- like trope maker? And is it, oh. unbe- like, I don't I don't have set opinions. I'm just like throwing information out into the world and seeing what other people like what, which back. one it is. Yeah, I actually don't know because yeah. it isn't like a classic slasher, but it is considered one of the first classics. Sla- it's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I have no idea. If someone yeah. knows. Let us know. Because I, I, it's weird because like it, it's so its own thing, but it does have tropes. I, yeah, this movie is an enigma to me. I don't know because I was expecting more of a cliche slasher film than I got. So... I yeah. Know. Yeah. So Interesting. Anyway, huh. Those are my tropes. Huh. Yeah. So we had Bloodless Carnage, uh, the Evil Phone. <laughs> There's also like Enemy Rising Behind, where he just, it's right. a, an anticlimactic unmasking, where it's, he's just a normal fucking he's person. A normal guy, yeah. And there are obviously a shit ton of tropes, but, right. you know, there are more movies to come. More let's, movies to come. So save some. Uh, I, yeah, those are good. I, now that you brought it up, I really just don't. I'm still thinking about it. I'm yep. like, what? What, what a weird movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, that we gotta rate it now. But we yeah, we do. A good rating. Uh, <sighs> pocket walks. <laughs> pocket walks is good. Oh goodness, pigtail time. Mm. Um, sheet ghosts. I'm trying to think of like some other. Some really like good ones they ate a lot of popcorn in this movie at one point i was like what the fuck is she pouring on her popcorn borax like i could not tell i don't know the 80s 70s are weird really i mean when you make popcorn in a movie theater they do have popcorn salt that goes on it yeah bright orange maybe that was it Hmm. i don't know um i can't get over pocket walks though you've said it and now i'm like well i mean (laughs) It's really good. It wasn't the most iconic moment in the movie, it but... It wasn't, but it was just... Oh, it was nice. We got, you know, weed coughs. Oh, so yeah. This is all right, you know? My only other, like, thing that stands out to me visually... I never even read this note to you, but oh. I was very confused when I was reading it back to myself. <laughs> because I just... I write stream of consciousness, and so I have the people that look out their window, turn on the light, turn off the light, cold-blooded. That was a good pot lob. Hustle, Tommy. When I say that was a good pot lob, it's when she throws a pot at the window, the appropriate window where oh. Tommy is to get his attention to have him come down and he's really sleepy and he's really tired and he walks real slow. But she just throws that pot so good. Damn, you're right. Yeah, it was a good pot lob. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but we got to go pot lobs now. I can't. It's so satisfying to say that I can't even. Pocket walk is good, but it's no pot lob. <laughs> it's no pot lob. Uh, okay, so we got we to gotta give it. Some, some pot lobs. Okay. Are, Are you ready? ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Okay. 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 Oh okay. I want to change it. Oh, <laughs> this is what we did last time. I know, because I, I was like, uh, I don't 
don't know. Okay. Yeah, we will give it five. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those movies that you said it and I agree with you entirely. Yeah. I... I agree with you and I have more to add, but basically it's like, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did because I was like, oh, it's probably like really typical or it's like so predictable and it's boring. And it's like, no matter, like I knew who died and in what order, but the tension is still important and it's not relying on jump scares. It's relying on uneasiness. And to me, that's really effective. Uh, And then I also didn't think I would like it because I'm... Uh, a contrary person that when someone's like, oh, you'll love it. I'm like, will I though? Yeah, you really are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, admittedly, someone said the same thing to me at work when I said we were watching Halloween. They were like, oh, you're going to love it. And I was like, well, now I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched but any I Wes do. Anderson movies because people are like, oh, it's right up your alley. And I was like, well, now I won't see it. <laughs> you fucking never will. No. Also because he seems to do like the bittersweet thing and that just hurts my heart. Yeah, in a way that it I can't is. Watch. I mean, it really but anyways. is. Um, yeah, I, so I originally said four and a half, but then I was like, I don't really have, you know, I have my normal qualms that you have with like a lot of movies from this time, Mm -hmm. but I, I still, it's so well made and surprised me so much that I I was like, I should switch to five because I, it really just, it just, I don't know. It exceeded my expectations 100%, Mm. which is similar. How do I, how I felt about Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Mm. I didn't think that I was going to like that one. But I did, and both of these movies are making me feel like I've missed out on a lot of classics that I thought would be kind of boring Yeah, that are so not. Yeah. Um, I think because I was expecting them to be I – th- I was expecting more of, like, the camera angles and all these things to be cliche boring. Who cares? Whatever. Mm-hmm. But they did so much – did so much with it. It was great. Just, yeah. I don't know. And it's also so satisfying because we talk about movies that, like – pay homage to the classics and it's like having not seen it I'm like I believe when people tell me and then to watch it and be like I can see where it follows took this thing or from like this I can see where um Cabin in the Woods took this from the Evil Dead like it's just really satisfying to be able to map out yeah that timeline it's very satisfying to go back and see a movie that you've seen a bunch of other ones inspired by it It Mm -hmm. it's so clear it's so obvious. I was watching it the whole time. I was like, "What's oh, like it follows. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, it's just neat. I don't know. I'm, and I was talking to a coworker about it and he loves these movies and like watches, like has watched all of them. And he was like, even though they're not amazing, like the first one makes you want to see all of the others just because you want to know what's going on with this person. Yeah. And he's right. I want to see the second one. I want to see all of them now. Yeah. I've heard the third one is incredible. People, because it's not Michael Myers, but it's still such a good story that Mm. people love it. And I can't wait. Yeah. This movie made me so excited for all the other ones to come. Hell yeah. So yeah, I'm five. I had to switch it to five. Five pot lobs because dang, it was good. You know what that means? That's a perfect 10 pot lob. That's a perfect 10 pot lob. That's unheard of. Can you imagine throwing that many pots? That's so many pots. My arm would be exhausted. I'd be like, "Eh, you do it. No more. (laughs) Tommy. So that wraps up our discussion. I think so, yeah. Okay, so that's our discussion of Halloween, the original, obviously. The original. If you enjoyed your time with us, despite all of it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We would really appreciate if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Please don't say anything about getting off, okay? I'm really sorry. Four out of five, there's a lot of getting off talks. <laughs> getting off topic, I mean. <laughs> 
rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts helps other people find us. And then it's also just really cool to see what things people take from the episodes. Yeah. What they enjoy, what they want to see more of, that sort of thing. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It. And every Wednesday, we'll post the movie for the week as well as where you can find it if yeah. it's streaming somewhere. Yeah. You can check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoalwithitpod.com. That's where I put all of my tropes, all of my sources, the, any memes, memes we reference. Now we it's memes the, at the top. We gotta put the toe meme, so. Oh, we have before. Ah, uh, well, here we go again. <laughs> yep, here we go again. More toe classic. Memes. I put what are frogs like three weeks in a row, so. Anyway. What are frogs? What are frogs? Oh, God. You could even take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash it, And we have some really cool tiers where yeah. you can watch me get scared shitless by a horror game. Very funny. You can be part of our simul watch where we all just like chat in a Discord while watching the movie at the exact same time. Nikki it's, does the countdown flawlessly. I do a flawless countdown. Mm-hmm. And if you say different, you're wrong. I don't you're know. Wrong. You're just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you have to join to find out if it's flawless now. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Patreon's a blast. Yes. Our patrons are dope. Those um, are so cool. And you also get to like pick a movie each yes. month. So we did Scream. That was our patron pick. Yep. So super cool. Yeah. Check it out. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Oh yeah. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, and Meg. Woo! They're great. We oh. love them. They're stars. All of them. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rockazella, and the cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. Oh, me. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> <laughs> wow maybe even scarier maybe i don't feel maternal to him maybe i just feel like him oh. <laughs> i don't i don't I'm not- <laughs> cut it cut it cut, cut it on. let's be clear i'm not getting off i don't i'm not a murderer i, <laughs> I have she to said end she's it. not a cannibal i'm not cannibal <laughs> i ended on me saying sadly i'm not a cannibal <laughs> Chonky, hefty, big boys.